I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. And I can be who it says I can be. Today I will be taught the word of God. My mind is alert. My heart is open. I will not be the same in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, we bless you for your word. We thank you for today. And we glorify you because you only have good news for us this morning. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, uh, the title of today's message is called Rewired. And we are in the series um, that Pastor is talking about, about prospering. And so he's been talking to us and teaching us about prospering. And we have learned some things um, in the... While I'm talking about this, go ahead and turn to our first scripture for us. And that is going to be in Psalms 35, verse 37. Let me see if I'm right. No, 27. Psalm 35, verse 27. And so we learned a couple of things about prosperity. We first, we learned that prosperity is not just money. Right? We're not just talking about money. We learn that prosperity is whenever you're doing good or well or happy and blessed in any area of your life. So you can be financially profiting. Pastor said you can profit but not prosper. But you cannot prosper and not profit. Amen? And so you could be financially well off but your marriage is in a mess. Well, that means you're not prospering in the area of your marriage. And so the God's will for us, according to 3 John 2, is that we be in good health and prosper even to the degree that our soul is prospering. So prosperity is not just a money thing. It goes way beyond that. Amen? Way beyond that. We want to prosper in every area of our life. And so today I'm going to kind of just have a conversation with you. I had to bring my chair from my house so that I could sit down and have this conversation with you. You know why? Say why. Because you see, after the uh, 4 a.m. Thanksgiving sales, the Black Friday, it led to Red Toe Sunday. So your feet hurt, and you can't stand up too long <laughs> in the stuff that you bought on the Friday. Amen. Those of you who went out, hallelujah. All right, so we are, uh, today we're going to just kind of talk about being rewired. And as you see, we have our, our set here, and Robert, Robin always does an excellent job. She's so amazing. I think I was sent her to set design school or something. Amen. All right. So are you in our scripture? Third John 2 says, Beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. All right. Um, And you're in Psalm 35, 27. So here's the thing. Even though it's God's will for us to prosper, sometimes we don't get to that level that we should get for a number of reasons. One of the things that we do, I know that I do anyway, is um, we don't feel qualified. Sometimes we don't feel qualified because of our past mistakes. Even though the word in 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says that all things are passed away and behold, all things are becoming new. And so, you know, I started meditating on that and realizing that when God sees us, he does not see us in the flesh because he's not flesh, he's spirit. And pastor so illustrated that last week with the sheet. You know, he talked about having the eternal and then he had on this side, the external and on the eternal part is God is everything that's true. Everything that's real, everything that's deeper than fact and flesh that's on the eternal side. And then on the external side is what we're experiencing. So here just second Corinthians five seventeen says to us, Hey, behold, when anyone who is in Christ, he becomes a new creature, all things are passed away 
And then we go into the process of becoming new. And so what happens that when God sees us, he sees our spirit because we are like him. The Holy Spirit is now living in us. And so we reflect him. So a lot of times we feel disqualified for blessings because we look just on what we have done. When he's looking at the blood has already covered that. So that don't mean a hill of beans to him. We're still qualified for everything that he wants to do in us because he sees us through the blood. And when he looks, he sees a reflection of himself. He doesn't see what we're not. He doesn't see our shortcomings. He doesn't see our failures. He doesn't see our worries and our anxiety. He don't see that. He sees himself in us. And we are a new creature. So we are qualified. The next thing is sometimes we think, you know what? It's not just for, it's not for me. It's for somebody else. You know, some people are just born lucky. Some people are just born in the right circumstances. But you know, the Bible tells us in, you know, that in Matthew 5, 45, that the sun and the rain falls on the just and the unjust. That means it's an equal playing field when it comes to the blessing of God. God is not a, a person that's going to separate you just because you're not, you know, in the right status quo or you don't have the right ethnic background or the correct upbringing. He's saying, no, I put the drain on the just and I put it on the unjust. You are qualified just because you are. Amen. And so the Bible has an answer for any excuse that you can come up for. Maybe sometimes we just don't receive the blessings of God, not because of our situation, but because we don't have an understanding of it. You know, the first thing I want to let you know today is uh, Psalm 35, 27, Psalm 35, 27. And if you are there, say amen. Amen. This is what it says. Let them shout for joy and be glad. I told you I had some good news for you today. Let them shout for joy and be glad that favor my righteous cause. Yes. Let them say continually. Let them confess. Let them declare with their mouth. Let the Lord be magnified. Who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. They're saying it's a happy thing. Say it all the time that God is happy when I prosper. This is what the Bible is saying. God is plumb happy when we prosper. You know, when your kids are doing good, you're so excited. That they're doing good. When you know you want, you don't want your kids to struggle. You don't want your kids to feel lack. You don't want your kids to be hurt. You know when someone teases heaven at school or says something mean. I mean, you know, I try to be all courageous and say, "Oh, don't worry about it." You know, it's their loss. You know the things that we say to encourage them. But inside, you go, "Why would they say something like that? Why would somebody be mean like that?" It hurts you that they would be hurt. It's even way more. We cannot even imagine and fathom in the mind of God how much. He really wants us to prosper more than we want to prosper. He wants us to prosper because nobody wants their kids struggling. No one wants their kids hurting. No one wants their kids to be having fights and stuff and, and stress and anxiety and pressure and pain. No one wants that on their kids. How much more the great God, the good father that we have. And it says here, let us say. So in other words, he said, don't be ashamed that God wants you to prosper. When people say, oh, you just go to that church and preach prosperity. Absolutely. Because the Bible says, I should say it all the time, that God is, is happy when I prosper. He's delighted. He's excited about it. So that's the good thing is that the first thing you have to know is that God is really excited. You know, Psalm 8 says this. I mean, when I was studying this, I mean, I'm telling you, I, this part here, I can't even understand this part. It's, I'm going to be probably studying this verse right now for next month. Psalm 8 verse 4 says, that the Lord says, who is man that your mind is full of him? 
Now, when you put that in perspective, to imagine that the actual universe and the galaxies and the things that he's created, the oceans and all this kind of thing, we can't even fathom it. You know, I watched a video the other day and it was showing us how um, the earth is in the Milky Way. And the Milky Way is just one galaxy of how many of a thousand, hundred thousands of galaxies. We're in one galaxy. And in that galaxy, we look about this big compared to the entire galaxy. And you're telling me that the God who created this, his mind is full of me? I mean, full. Not half full. I mean, packed to the brim. Who created all this? That where I live is like this. But his mind, I can't even imagine. And he is full of me. He wants me to prosper. So he is full. He's always trying to find an opportunity for me. My God today. If we are prosperous, here's the thing. Throughout the New Testament, when people got healed and stuff, you know, Jesus said, let them see your good work so they can glorify God, your father in heaven. When we prosper, people will glorify God in heaven because they'll go, whoa, that dad is really taking care of them. But I have discovered it's not a God issue. He wants this for us. He's made a way for us, you know. Okay, let me, let me tell you this. If you are fully convinced, if I can convince you this morning that God really wants this for you, your whole life will change. Your whole perspective will change. It's like if I had a million dollars and I said to you, you know what? Based on the integrity of our word, if you come to the office tomorrow at 9 a.m., I am going to have a cash check money thing for you for a million dollars. It's good. You won't have any delay. You will get it. If I said that to you today, between today and tomorrow, and within 24 hours, you are already going to be planning what to do with this million dollars. I'm going to buy my mama a house. You know, my sister over there struggling with her kids. I'm going to take her care of her. You know, these moochers that have always been on me. I don't need them anymore in my life. I'm going to cut them off. You know, you start planning what you're going to do. As a matter of fact, I, I, I want to move into a, to, to, to a better place. I don't like this neighborhood. And, and you know, I'm going to c- start coming off of um, the Fiesta brand and I'm growing up to hunts, you know. And you start thinking of all the things you're going to do and... You know, I'm going to, you know, I know I don't need three cars, but I just want one and I can. So I'm just going to do it. And, you know, you start thinking and planning. I haven't given it to you yet, but you know that if pastor said to you, he's got a million dollars for you tomorrow, he's got a million dollars for you tomorrow. So based on the integrity of his word, you would show up at the office and say, Lisa, I need that check. Do not delay. Don't let nobody change their mind. I'd give it to me. Your whole perspective of your life, your vision for your future would change if you knew you had a million dollars tomorrow. That boutique you were trying to do, you don't need to start up money now because you got it. You understand what I'm saying? So if you can be, understand that God's mind is full of you in trying to figure out how to prosper you because he wants to prosper you, your whole vision of your life changes. You're not on struggle street no more. You don't think in lack anymore. You don't think that this marriage is not going to work anymore. You don't think that your, your grandkids are going to, you know, just go crazy. You don't think of that anymore. You begin to think from a standpoint of, I have this incredible God whose mind is full of me to the brim, always trying to find a way to bless me and prosper me in every single year of my life. And I am fully convinced that I can declare it. I'm not ashamed that I'm, I'm going to prosper. Amen. Amen. Psalm 19.7. If you turn to Psalm 19.7. Turn to Psalm 19.7. You know, 
pastor mentioned this last week and it says, you know, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. And this is why I titled the message Rewired today for this very scripture. Because, you know, our, com- our minds, our soul is like a computer. And I had some issues two weeks ago with my desktop computer. And I work on two platforms. I work on a PC at the church office. And at my house, I work on a Macintosh. So I, I work on both platforms. And um, most people can't switch between the, bo- between the two, but I, I can because I worked five years on a Macintosh and then I worked five years on a PC and now I have both of them. Amen? So this is what happened. Last um, couple weeks ago, my computer was running real slow. Now remember, your soul is like a computer. And I had the marriage retreat to get done. And so with the marriage retreat, I was so um, behind <laughs> And I could not get the stuff done because my computer kept what? Shutting down. You ever had that? Where it's so slow and you're you're trying to get on the internet and I start going, it's the internet. It's the internet. What's wrong with the internet? I need to get my graphics. And you know, I'm getting frustrated. So I had to call a technician in. I called the technician in and he goes, "Um, you don't have any antivirus. I said, what you say? How is my computer out of the whole office? Has no antivirus. Well, your certificate expired. I said, who? I said, you see, on a Mac, you don't worry about virus. You know what I'm saying? You, you, just, you don't even get a virus. So, because they don't write viruses for Macs. So only 20% of the population use them. So, there's nobody really needing to, to write a virus. So, I, I'm not thinking about no certificate. And, you know, all the downloads they send you, update. You ever see those come across? I ignore them. I go check later, download later. Two months later, I'm still getting the same thing. Download later. You know, and so I began to get some revelation on this because when it said the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul, it is like the computer. We have files and we have programs that let us function in a way that we're supposed to function. But when God now is trying to send us updates for our expansion, we say, check you later. Well, we see the expiration coming up and we're saying, you know, the antivirus software is going to expire in a minute. You know, we go, uh, but not today because you don't want to have the inconvenience of going through the whole registration and re-registration and type in a credit card. So you do that. And so we don't realize that what's happening is our computers, our souls begin to get intoxicated with bad thinking. Bad influences, old way of doing things, our status quo, being comfortable. I'm used to doing it this way. I really don't want the hassle of having to go and get an upgraded program and get the upgrade. No, can't be bothered. I just do with what I'm doing right now. And so what happens is viruses are coming every day. People are always plotting. The enemy is always plotting your demise on how to convince you that God doesn't want you to prosper in your marriage. God doesn't want to prosper you on your job. He's always trying to lie to us by sending us these viruses. By sending it all. And then some of us have programs that are just obsolete. They're just holding up space on our hard drive. These are the attitudes that we have that we give to other people that is unnecessary. This is the way that we do stuff all the time. Let me tell you like what I did. I just bought me a a food processor like two years ago. 
Okay, no, maybe that don't mean nothing to you all, but for me, I, I cook a lot. More than the average person. And I cut up everything I cook. I don't buy it pre-done. So when I have the bell peppers, I'm chopping them up. I know they have the chopped bell peppers in the store. I just don't buy them. I've been chopping stuff up for years. Like 20 years. I got me a food processor, y'all, and pressed pulse three times, and it chopped up everything. The garlic, the bell pepper, the onion. And I was like, that diggity dog. I could, you know how many hours I've wasted on an old program, on an old process, because I just was used to it, and I didn't want to just go to the sale and go buy me, or just invest into it? How much time have we wasted in our, in our you know, way to prosperity by just causing these viruses and these programs to just stay on here? You know, the way that you did it with your last relationship is not going to work now. Get rid of that program. You ain't got to upgrade your thinking. God is sending those downloads, downloads every day. That's called time in the word. And every time he calls you with that pop-up that says, new update, new update, you go, not today, not right now. And he's trying to get a message to you. No, no, this is what is a powerful thing about a download or an update. An update is supposed to take you your computer program somewhere better than it's been currently. But you don't know, and I don't know the benefit of the better. Because we are used to uncomfortable as, the, as we are. And because we're functioning okay as we are, we get deceived into thinking it won't be better if we just take the time to do the upgrade. So God is like the upgrade. He's speaking something from your future. Telling you to your present, but if we keep going, check me later, if before you know it, it's going to expire, and that instruction is going to be gone in the wind. Turn with me, 1 Corinthians 2.14. 1 Corinthians 2.14. Here's the deal. I remember when um, Vista just came out. And one of the people that ended up converting, the companies converting to Vista real quick was GM. And I, I am still on Microsoft 2003 Windows um, at the church, I'm just telling you. And Carmen, I remember she had just taken over the Experience of Vision class. And so she had typed up this, I mean, this Excel document, it all had all these tabs and color-coded. It was, I mean, it was, it was flashy. The printout was, I could never see the document. She emailed it to me, and I was like, I can't read this. It came up in all those little squares. Because she was ahead, and I refused to go to Vista. This, this is what it's like. Uh, give me three people. These three people are my family right here. Look at there. Get three people. I'm going to show you what I'm trying to say with the scripture here. Your family. We are, fa- well, we could really sing the song. Mali. I got all my sisters with me. <laughs> I mean, this is literally my family. If you don't know, that's my sister-in-law. This is my brother and this is my sister. Yes, my actual sister. Why do you always say that? We look alike. You're just a little, you know, brown skin. <laughs> we do look alike. <laughs> 
All right, so here's the deal. You, just, just turn this way. Amen. All right, so the God, this is God. <laughs> and she's sending the update. So she's, you know, she's trying to say, you know, to Sam, she's trying to say, hey, you know what? Your marriage is going to be okay. You know what? Just my word says that, you know, have, having done all things to stand, stand there for you know, he's, he's trying to say, don't worry, you'll have favor. You're going to get a better job because favor surrounds the righteous. But this part here is that computer we're talking about. This is a natural man. This is a soul that needs converting. This is the word 2003. You understand? Vista, Vista is trying to send something to her future to let her know. God is trying to give her a download. But he is blocking it with all the, the, the natural stuff. He's blocking it with all the stuff that says, oh, I don't really need that right now. Well, I mean, if I have one pair of black shoes, why do I need two? Uh, you know, I mean, I have enough groceries for me and just me. You know, my kids are doing okay. I mean, they're not doing great, but okay is okay for me because I don't want any stress. You know, th- that, that's what the soul is telling her. But the soul needs converting. We have to get the update, get the upgrade, and say all things are passed away. Behold, all things are new. Amen? Amen. So here's what the scripture says in 1 Corinthians 2.14. It says, but the natural man receives not the things of the spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. There are some things, when pastor was talking about the eternal and the external, the eternal truth is God wants to prosper us. The eternal truth is that whatsoever things we put our hands to, it will prosper. The eternal truth is whatsoever things we believe, they shall be done. That's the eternal truth. But she's saying here in the scripture, we won't receive them. They would be like foolishness to us if we don't get in a system, if our soul is not converted, if we don't drive out that old information, if we don't drive out that dross. It's like a, it's like a plumb line. If it's clogged up with hair and soap and stuff, if we don't put that draino in there to push out all that old thinking, that thinking that says, okay, it's okay where I am. Where you are is not, I mean, in perspective of who God is, Where we are, it's not where he wants us to be. And even when we get to the next level, that's not where he wants us to be. He wants us to max out. Maximize our journey here on the earth. Amen? Romans 8, 5 and 7. And I'll read that for you. Romans 8, 5 through 7. It says, um, for they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded or naturally minded, is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is an enmity against God. It is not subject to the law of God, neither can it be. In other words, God has eternal ideas for you. He has an eternal vision for you that needs to be manifested in the earth. But our carnal selves... Our fleshly selves, if we just think where we are is it, we will never maximize that. We'll never receive it and we'll never do it because it's foolishness. We go, oh, that can't happen for me. You know, you look at TV all the time and, you know, when we were growing up and you look at TV and we say, boy, I really want to be on TV one day. 
but you don't really believe you could be on TV. You know what I mean? Man, I would really like to meet the president one day, but you don't really think you really would meet the president one day. You see, because it's foolishness to you that you could do it. It's not foolishness that it can happen. It's just foolishness to you that God would make it happen for you. You understand? One time we went to, um, heaven had a tournament and she, we had bought these tickets to go see David Beckham, uh, play at the pizza hut park. And it happens that she happened to be on the field in the last game and they had to go into double overtime. And once you go into overtime, you cannot take the players off the, off the, whoever is playing has to stay. So her time is going down and she wants to go see the David Beckham game. Right. And so we are in wherever we are, we have to go to Frisco. So we're in Arlington. We have to head to Frisco and the time is running out. We get to Frisco and the game is over. And she begins to cry because that was her whole thing. I didn't want to play over time. I wanted to see David Beckham. She's believing that she was going to see David Beckham. I am thinking to myself, you see, I'm the carnal person now. I'm the voice of reason in your head. That's saying, oh, you know, that's a good idea, heaven, but it's not really going to happen for you. I mean, you know how many hundred thousand people came to see David Beckham today? I mean, how are you really going to see David Beckham? I mean, where would he even go to see David Beckham? You know, this is what I'm thinking. You know, I, I didn't say this, no, because I mean, I can't kill a girl's dreams. You know what I'm saying? And I'm thinking, okay, heaven, let's just go buy a jersey. We go buy the jersey of David Beckham because I'm trying to appease her now because, I mean, I mean, I can't do nothing about it, right? She's like, well, I want to still see him. Okay. Praise God. I'm thinking, how am I going to see David Beckham? You know? And um, so I said, heaven, you know what? I mean, I'm telling you, my whole mind was, was saying this the whole time. This is just not going to happen. This would make no sense. Oh, my God, what am I doing? So I, I am saying to her, because I'm building her faith while I'm mentally struggling in myself with my carnal mind. So I'm saying that to myself. But this is what I'm saying to her. Let's drive around and see if we'll see David Beckham. Let's go onto the park. Let's go see what's going on. This is what I'm saying. But in my mind, I'm telling you, I'm going, this is not going to happen. This is not going to happen. Right? We go and we see all these crowds of people somewhere. Oh, and I said, you know, let's see if we can change the tickets. See if he's going to come back another time. This is what I'm doing. We drive and see all these crowds of people. So I said, heaven, she says, what are those crowds of people for? I said, I don't know. Let's go find out. So, you know, we get up and I am in some heels now. Y'all, I'm in some heels for real. So I am kicking cross there like this, right? And it was so hot because I would have taken off my shoes and just ran out there, but it was so hot. And um, all these people are there and I said, hey, what are you guys doing out here? And they said, um, this is where the players come out. I said, what you say? <laughs> I said, so really? I said, has David Beckham come out yet? He was like, no. I said, oh my gosh. Because she was like, I want to see David Beckham. So, you know, and so this is going on. And so we know, so the players are coming. And so we get into the crowd that is surrounding the bar- barricades, you know, and the buses right there, you know. And I'm telling you, we are in the thick of it. And she's itty bitty. She's small, right? She's like about maybe eight. And so the, the crowd, when it moves, you move with the crowd. So I don't know who this other famous person was because I didn't know about them. And the crowd started to move. And we are just, and heaven gets separated from me in the crowd. I can see her, but she's not with me. That's how thick this crowd is. This Hispanic guy grabs her and holds her up for me, right? So I am seeing her in front of me, but I can't reach her because everybody stepped on my toes. And I'm watching, you know, 
And David Beckham comes out, but he goes to the bus. That's not the side that we are on. And of course, the world runs this way. So we are caught up in the, in the storm, but we are running that way. And so eventually, I mean, we, I mean, we almost got trampled. The Hispanic guy is holding on to heaven for dear life. He now gives her to his friend. <laughs> y'all, I couldn't reach the child. I was just like, I will jump over here. Y'all do something to her though. I will jump over here. And he puts her right in the front. And David Beckham stops right there, turns and signs her, her jersey. She has it in her room. She has not gone to another game. She don't care. It's over for her. What was impossible? God wanted to fulfill her dream. I'm saying to you, God is trying to do stuff to fulfill your dreams all the time. But we, like me, try to figure out how it's not going to get done. How is it not going to get done? It can't happen for me. I mean, what are the odds that she would meet David Beckham out of all those hundreds of thousands of people? She didn't know somebody that knew David Beckham. So it's not like she got a hookup. But by, by and by, God caused him to stop. I mean, he, was past, he passed her and then turned around to her and signed her thing. It was so amazing. And so if we are not converted in our minds, we will not believe it's possible for us. And if we don't believe God wants it for us and we don't believe it's possible for us, it will not happen for us. And there's too much good stuff God's trying to do for you for us not to believe it. Six ways to, con- to convert your soul. One, you got to expand. You got to change programs, learn new techniques. Isaiah 54, 2 says, lengthen your cords and stretch forth your nets, your tents. That means you're going to have to do something that's a little bit different. You're going to have to stretch yourself. You're going to have to inconvenience yourself. Amen? Expand. Next thing, you got to have some exposure. Ephesians three twenty says, that he will do exceedingly abundantly above what you ask or imagine or think. But if you don't get exposure, you won't know what to ask for, imagine or think. So if you, you know, if you one day want to do go into a better house, go into different neighborhoods. You know, you can just go on to the um, .gov um, website and you can do um, demographic studies and find out where the higher income people live. Then just go drive around there. Pick me, you know what? I would go, I used to go there, pass by, take a piece of flowers off their stuff. You know, pick off one of their flowers and oh, amen. One day I'm going to have some bushes like this in my own house like this. Praise God. Amen. I would just pass by the people. I'm telling you, because I mean, we used to, we used to drive an Isuzu eye mark that couldn't open from the trunk or the side. It had fur and cigarette buttholes all in it. And it was called Stop a Stopper because it would stop on the Highway 20 specifically. Right there by Carrier. On the left hand side. Was, I would just always, when I'm coming in, it would just, just like to stop right there and take a break. She'd like, breathe, have to get herself together, and we come back into Arlington. So I used to go by the mall and stuff and see those cars and just go, oh, praise God, one day. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, say, oh, boy, yes, I, I, one custom shirt, amen, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for a good haircut like this. I'm going to be able to afford it when I hear getting done every week. Yet, you know, I've just been doing all that, hugging people and go, yes, Lord, I thank you. Amen. Exposure. Get you some exposure. Right? See something different. Then the next thing is that once you expand your mind and you accept that God wants to do this for you, and you get the exposure, you see something more, then you begin to experience it. Go experience it. Go sit in that car. 
they cannot stop you on the car lot. I don't care what you look like. They cannot stop you from going and sitting down in the car. Take you a picture. Lay on the hood. You know how we do. <laughs> you know those Facebook pictures. You know all the Facebookers, you know, because they all have the same picture. <laughs> or the ones in the bathroom. How about that? <laughs> Experience it. Going to the car. Psalm 34, 8 says, taste and see that the Lord is good. So go in there. Then once you get to experience it, then you see you're going to start getting an appetite for it. You're going to start to expect it. You see, no, because you know, creating an environment to drive out those old thinkings, drive out those old ways and just how you've been. You start to experience and go, oh yeah, I look good in this. I feel good in this. Yeah, man, this is working right here. Mm-hmm. I can see it. I can feel it. Yes. So now you start to expect it. And Hebrews 11, one says that faith is a substance of things expected or things hoped for the evidence of things not seen. So now you're getting your faith up now. You're getting your faith ready and you begin to declare what the word is saying, the more word you declare, the more word you put in, the quicker the conversion process. The quicker the process, the quicker your mind gets converted to the word of God, is the quicker you can receive the things from God. You understand? And the last thing is that you get to enjoy it. First Timothy 6.17 says, God gives us all things richly to enjoy. So when your faith gets there in your expectation, you begin to declare the word of the Lord. You do not stop. By faith and patience, you receive the promise, the Bible says. Faith and patience. So you keep going and you don't stop until you receive whatever prosperity in the area that you want to receive it in. Yours may not be a car. Yours may, you know, may not be a house. Yours may just be peace of mind. Yours may just be, you know, you're having nightmares at night. You You can't sleep. You have to get scriptures like he gives his beloved good rest. That's the scripture. He causes you to lay down beside still waters. That's the scripture. Begin to declare those things. You begin to declare things like, you know, I will not be anxious for anything. But by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, I have made my request known. Therefore, the peace of God will guard my heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Therefore, I will lay down and not be tormented. I will lay down and not be afraid because the Lord, my God, is with me. So sometimes it's not a material thing. Sometimes you just need some peace. Sometimes you need that relationship to do better. Sometimes you need that relationship to get out your life. Lord, drive my enemies far from me. <laughs> you know, I'll end with this story and we're done. You know, Pastor, we went to, um, we went to Houston in October for the New Light Conference. And, you know, I had bought Pastor for, I don't know what I bought it for, but I had bought him an iPad. His birthday. I had bought him an iPad for his birthday and, you know, we had to order it. You couldn't just go in and get it. You had to order it and all this kind of stuff. And, um, you know, pastor is like the, the, the techno person. Anything that's new, he wants it. Even though he can't use it, he just wants it. So he wanted the iPad. So I got the iPad for him and, um, I mean, he loved it. The first one did not have enough memory for all his stuff. So I had to turn that one in and get the bigger one, the, the more memory. So after that, so we were in Houston and you know, he's taking notes and he takes notes so slow. But I take notes very fast. But Bishop Hilliard, I mean, I type faster than I write. So my Bishop Hilliard, was, he talks so fast sometimes, you know. And so we're taking on his notes. So Eben is over there click, clicking, click, clicking. 
And I'm like, oh gosh. So I was like, please give it to me. Give it, just give it to me. I'll take the notes. So I go and I'm just trying to type the thing. And I'm like, oh, this is nice. You know? So I'm there doing that and typing that. And then I go, man, I could use one of these whenever I do this kind of stuff. You know? Dismissed the thought, gave him back his iPad, went on my way. Did not know that from the moment I mentioned that, that was a desire that he began to go to work on fulfilling that desire. But see, first I had to expose myself to it. When I exposed myself to it, because I expanded my thinking, when it first came up, because like I said, I have a Mac. When it first came up, I had to expand my thinking like, what is this new gadget about? I kind of did a little research on it, figured out, okay, da-da-da. And I thought, it's not good for me, though. It's good for him. It's okay for him. And why, we don't really need two. We just need one. I mean, why spend all that money? It's better to spend all that money on Eben than to spend it on myself. I'm telling you what I'm thinking. So I, even if I'd wanted it, I told myself not to want it. We're on a budget. So I don't really, I can live without it. Because I can. And so I do it for him, but never really thought I was worth doing it for me. Didn't apply none of my faith to it. I applied all my faith to doing it for him though. So when I got it for him and stuff, so he, you know, is going on the backside and I'm not, I'm not knowing that. I just casually mention it. But it was a desire of my heart and he begins to work on it. And I begin to mess with it some more. I'm like, oh man, this is really cool. They have all these apps for this and da, 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 you know. And the more I'm doing it, the more I'm desiring it. But I'm not saying nothing about it. Because I'm still not thinking it's for me. I could just borrow his blessing every now and then. If I really need to do something, I could just borrow it. But it's not mine. So I can't put the colors I want on it. The pad has to always stay yellow and not pink. When I want the notes, I have to go ask him, can I borrow your iPad, please, to get my notes? And, you know, last week he came and he said, sweet, I have a present for you. I said, oh, yes, I like presents. What you got? What you got? And he had the iPad. I said, babe, for real? Like, you're kidding, right? Oh, my gosh. So shocked. Because I never knew he was behind the scenes working on something in my future that I didn't even know would make my life easier in certain settings. That's the same thing God is doing for you. There are desires in your heart. There's things in your heart. There's dreams that you just utter once or twice. And God, in all his majesty, is on the backside working it out for you. But if your mind doesn't think that you're worth it, if your mind does not get converted to what he's saying, you'll never receive that iPad of your prosperity. You'll never receive that David Beckham autograph. You'll never receive that, that boutique that you want. But he sent me here today to tell you, he wants you to have it because he delights in the prosperity of his people. It's a good thing to want prosperity. It's a good thing to want to be blessed because he wants to bless you. So I challenge you this week, change a program. Put on that antivirus of the word and stop that negative thinking coming into your life. Delete those obsolete ways of doing stuff and, and get those people from around you that are slowing down your hard drive. Get rewired for greatness. Because God delights in the prosperity of his people. Amen. Amen. If you are here and you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you know, 